With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. slugfest but two different styles and uh, we were able to make it out in the end but we knew it was going to be a tough game. I told the kids before the game that last year is you know I'm only human that when things weren't going well against Greenwich you know as a human I kind of have the moment where I'm like uh oh this isn't good. I told them at halftime I haven't had that feeling about you guys yet. Um, Didn't have it in the Trumbull game with them, didn't have it against Greenwich this year and I never felt it in this game like we weren't going to win. It's, it's been a completely different season, a completely different team. The bye week, uh, bye week, fifth week, helped us a lot. We completely changed everything, and we're a completely different team now. Everyone in that prep uniform believed, and we, we're on a six, seven game win streak now. Going into uh, Sunday, we're, we're hot right now, so we're ready for whoever's coming next. Trumbull. Yeah, Trumbull. All right, we're ready. At Rafferty. No, uh, Trumbull's a good team. Um, we got, we got home field advantage now, so Sunday is going to be a heck of a day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, Ron Patrick Boley. With me, as always, is Pete Paguaga. Peter, how you doing? Good, good. Uh, four hours of sleep today. Uh, ate a lot of donuts. Um, just trying to get through the next, you know, week and a half. Can we just briefly show Pete's workstation here? His donut workstation. Look at that. Uh, Pete, I worry about you. <laughs> it, so I woke up this morning, again, four hours of sleep. And uh, I was like, just so groggy that I normally I go to places that are not Dunkin' Donuts. But like Dunkin' was the closest. So I ordered a dozen donuts and a large like coffee with like three shots of espresso and i was like your boy needs a little push this morning um yeah so that's how i started my wednesday um 
Pete, you're gonna, I, you have a date with a Nautilus after the Christmas season. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, at the top of the show, you heard some of the wild scenes going on in this week's state quarterfinal action. 48 teams, 24 games. Very good ones. Uh, everything is great. What a great playoff. I'm so excited. We have six divisions. No, no, I'm actually not. But uh, uh, everyone seems to think that this was just amazing. And, and everyone, everything's great. Everything is so amazing with these close games. Uh, that was good on the night, you know, but everyone's just, you know, too, too, uh, your guys are, you're, you're too short term here. Yeah, the games are great, but you spread everything out. What do you expect? I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I still don't think half these teams belong in, but that said, I'm turning around from being Mr. Grumpy Grinch over here, as I'm sure half the state thinks I am. Uh, it was a very good night of high school football. Yeah. You can at least say that much. Lots of good games, some surprising results. I mean, when you have a, a situation where half of the half of the road teams win their games, almost half win their games, it, it's a lot of intrigue happening. You know, some unexpected results. Five of the top ten team teams in the latest top ten poll are gone. Um, you know, West Haven, our new number one, which we didn't even get to at the beginning of the week. They're gone. But yeah. number one, Southington, also gone. Number two, St. Joseph, which got to its highest ranking of the season. They're gone. And then finally, who are the last two guys? I don't even remember. Uh, Newtown. That's right. Newtown. At number and Staples. Two. Newtown and Staples both go down in defeat. Teams that we've been talking about and praising all year, especially St. Joseph, even Southington. Some of the top teams in that top ten are gone. So, Pete. Uh, a great night of high school football as far as like, you know, just general competitiveness and results are concerned. I think we were all concerned that there were going to be a lot of blowouts a la the last uh, the last 10 years. But we didn't get that in the quarterfinals. And, uh, you know, it seems like we have a nice setup for the semis this week. Yeah. Ebenezer, um, these the games look, they were good. I, I think in the long term, this might not be the end result. I don't think. We're going to have six divisions for this long. I think there are other things in work. Um, some of these games were good. And I think what it really showed across these six divisions is which conferences are better. Yeah. I mean, a lot of 10 SEC teams got in. You know, all five SEC Division One teams got in. And I think what it does is it kind of shows us a bigger picture of what the issues are. Look, don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about games that were awesome. Um, but we're also looking at Notre Dame's playing in class M North Haven's playing in class double M. Like those are big issues, uh, across the state where we're looking and it's like, yeah, Notre Dame enrollment. Sure. They're an M school, but you know, let's put our, uh, let's put our smart people hats on and say that Notre Dame should not be playing the schools that they're playing in class M and same with North Haven and double M. They're both two very well coached teams. They're two very well-respected programs. Why are they playing schools that are true, you know, maybe kind of fit in that mold a little bit better? And that's what I think these six divisions are really going to show us is, you know, maybe there's a power conference or maybe there's a district model or maybe there's something that might come in the future because this isn't it. Yeah, I, a couple points here I'll make before we kind of move on here. But uh, first of all, the games are very competitive. Uh, number one, part of that is that there is no dominant team this year, period. Nope. Nope. Not one. I mean, St. Joe was great early. 
Southington was great for through, you know, consistently. Maloney's been pretty great, but none of them have just been, even Greenwich, none of them has absolutely just blown your doors out. Like, wow, watch out for this team. So that's the number number one thing. Everyone's like, whoa, you know, say look at how great at double L was. And it was like, well, I'm looking at that double L. I'm like, eh, you know, and uh, even, even in, uh, even in class L uh, it's so uh, that's the number one. So that's the number one thing. There wasn't a dominant team this year. So that might've had a lot to do with competitive. The other thing is, as you just touched on, and we've been talking about this a lot, uh, a lot is that the scheduling in the state is skewed so wildly in certain directions. You know, the CTC teams don't play very many teams outside their, their league. And they play each other, and they uh, they didn't do very well. Another you know another offer, although ATI showed up, but uh, the SEC Tier One, and it's you know as much as it it doesn't make sense in a regular season setup that they have to all play all the top teams play each other, but certainly it does help because you start to get into a certain game speed. Even if you're losing games, you know you you you, you know what the the game speed is. You you adjust and you adapt to it. Shelton was six and four. Cheshire was six and four, but these teams were all still very competitive in those losses where you might not get that in other ones. So uh, is it a shock that Cheshire beat St. Joseph? I mean, on the outset it was, uh, but it, when you really look at it, they had a tough schedule and it's like, again, it's like dropping the bat in the on deck circle, you know? Yeah. That's, that's where that kind of comes from. I was talking to a coach yesterday and we were just talking about how there's not a dominant team. I mean, look, you look at last year, Darien was better than everybody. You look in 2019, St. Joe's and Hand were better than everybody. You look at 2018, Greenwich was better than everybody, right? Um, and, like, parity is not a bad thing, but when it's not, like, high-level parity, that's where it becomes kind of an issue for me, where it's not like these high-flying teams, these great teams are battling it out week in, week in and week out. And I think that just speaks overall to the state of Connecticut high school football. You know, like, you know, we're, we're talking about putting the All-State teams together. And, like, you know, there were years where it's like, Zach Allen's the MVP. You know, Zach Allen's playing on Sundays. Zach Allen had a sack in the NFL the other day. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think that just speaks to the level of high school football in Connecticut, whether or not that's because we had the year off and we're still trying to get our footing. You know, a lot of these kids lost a year of development. Maybe it's that. Um, but it's definitely leveled out. I just don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't buy the argument that this, because of last uh, uh, the, the quarterfinal results, that six divisions is a roaring success. We're still going to end up with six champions. You know, and, yeah. and, and, just, and to compare it to the other states, they're just as batty as we are, but Massachusetts is a case study in, you know, what we shouldn't do because they got rid of Thanksgiving and now they're in this limbo where it's like they play game, they play Thanksgiving day games and then they resume their championship weekend. Like that's not what you want to do. Uh, do you want to create better opportunities for teams that, that work hard and get it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the real issue is the scheduling. You have to do a little bit more equitable scheduling in the state. We need to reorganize ourselves because right now it's the Wild West. You have, you know, alliance pairing guys just kind of like, oh, almost like, uh, you know. Fans. Oh, yeah, what's that? Like fans. Yeah, like fans. Like, oh, this would be a great matchup. Ooh, they're an MM and this is an L. Let's put these two games together. Uh, you know, they're halfway across the state. Ah, yeah, yeah, we got to get like, like matchups. No, let's find guys in a regional setting and, and do it that way, but you know, I, yeah, we, we I, I'm just it, this is not a a, a, a six division rah rah like this is great uh, result. It was a great night, but you know, I just think it's a lot more spread out, 
and there's just no dominant teams this year. I mean, you said a few of these teams, like it's just all about matchups and it's all about some of the leagues where you come from too. That's a whole big part of it as well. I mean, if we added another 12, another six divisions, we'd still, we'd probably even make it even more competitive uh, if, if you really want to get down to it. But anyway, so that said, all that said, uh, it was still a very good night and uh, I'm anxious to talk about some of these games here and make a little, make a few picks, you know, what we thought was what really was great and what we thought was just completely shocking and, uh, and, and away we go. Let's start at the bottom Pete in class S. Number one, Ansonia defeated number eight, North Frankfurt, 43 to 13. David Cassetti ran for three touchdowns and caught an 11-yard TD pass from Chris Kaminsky. The Chargers move on to the semifinals for the 16th consecutive season. On the other side, number four, Woodland defeated East Catholic easily, 35 to zero. On the other side of the bracket, number two, Bloomfield defeated Seymour, 42 to 21 to advance to the semifinals. And on the bottom half, Number three, Holy Cross, getting vengeance for their loss last year, their overwhelming loss last year to New Fairfield, beating up the Rebels 42-36. to Marcus Campbell had a big game for them. He caught a first-quarter touchdown pass and then ran for over 200 yards with four second-half touchdowns as they actually had to rally to come back. The big news out of that game, though, was the loss of Tom Legey to a broken leg, uh, which is just a big loss for the Crusaders. They now advance to play Bloomfield and they would have needed him in that game. The 2-3 matchup and then Ansonia faces Woodland in a rematch of the game won overwhelmingly by Ansonia Pete in the uh, early on in the regular season. So there it is, there's your class S setup. It's basically the top teams in the NBL still alive facing Bloomfield for a right to go to the finals. Yeah, kind of surprised by the Holy Cross score uh, after last year against New Fairfield. Uh, New Fairfield dominated. But Marcus Campbell is an awesome player. You know, we saw him against Naugatuck. I saw him against Ansonia. He uh, he's a real he's a real he's the real deal. So though they are going to miss Tom Leedy, um, I think Campbell is super talented enough to uh, to get them past Bloomfield. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, those are it's a lot of weapons though that Bloomfield has. That's going to be a great game in that. But that's that's just awful. You know, oh, it stinks to see. Oh, we just we hate to see that. Moving on to Class Double S, number one, Cromwell Portland was in a bit of a dogfight with James Green and Ledger in their game, but advanced 43-34. to A big game from Alex Hare. Ran for two touchdowns and caught the winning TD pass from Cole, the eventual winning TD pass from Cole Brisson to advance to the uh, semifinals. The defending champ still alive. In the 4-5 game, number five, Barlow. Road, who else? Your guy, my guy, Danny Shaven. 25 carries, 150 yards, and three touchdowns to put Barlow up big early and then had to score a late TD to stop a little Grammy Canton comeback. They advanced to the semifinals to face Cromwell Portland. Uh, at the bottom half of the bracket, number six, Valley Regional Old Line, giving foreign to business 26 to 13. Uh, the star of that game was Jacob Rand, scored on a 26 yard run in the second quarter, put him up 13, and then ran an interception back 50 yards to put the Warriors into the semifinals. 26-13 or four. I'm shocked by that result. Uh, but, uh, hey, great job by them. And perhaps the most stunning result of the night, as far as, like, margin goes, Gilbert Northwestern, Freddie Camp and the guys just demolishing Wyndham, our darling team. Wyndham, 34-0 on the road, I should say, in uh, at E.O. Smith. Camp ran for a couple touchdowns and caught a long PD pass and returned an interception for a touchdown. 
He was everywhere. What a performance by him. They will now face Valley Regional in the uh, in the semifinal. So that's it. You have the lower seeds winning there. They're all advancing except for Cromwell Portman, the only high seed to get out of that, out of the first round. Pete. Yeah, you look at that semifinal and you got, obviously, Cromwell Portland's the defending champ. They got dudes. Uh, it's nice to see Alex Hareback playing well. Yeah, what a great um, game. But, you know, you look at Barlow, Danny Shapin. You look at Gilbert Northwestern, Freddie Camp. You look at Valley Old Lime, you know, D'Angelo Pierre. Uh, D'Angelo Jean-Pierre. Like, those are three of the better overall all-around playmakers in the state uh, having their teams with the chance to go to the finals. And, you know, one, one of them might be holding the plaque at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just quickly on uh, Jacob Brandon, you know, he's kind of in D'Angelo's shadow a little bit, but no has has been very good and probably has even better stats than D'Angelo if you really look at it. But this quote by him was kind of <laughs> very funny. Most teams thought we wouldn't do anything. They thought we'd be one and nine. We finished the regular season nine and one. We're the underdogs in this. And, uh, you know, maybe, all right, we didn't pick them, but uh, that that would be more, I, I, would, I would have thought that would be uh, Tom Drew saying that about porn is kind of an uh, you know, a, a eulogy to his team's season. They were they, nobody thought. I, I mean, they they clearly no one from Valley read my season preview. Yeah, because <laughs> that wasn't in there. But no, we did not pick them. So look, if they want to use that as motivation, more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. In class double N, Pete, your boys from Berlin got everything they could handle, and then some from Brantford. They were tied seven-seven at the half, but then in the second half, Luke Magruder kicked things off with a 56-yard touchdown run, and they just finally started to pull away from Brantford in a game that you were this close to picking this week. Uh, they they go on to win 35-19, but nice job by Brantford kind of showing Berlin, like, you know, they got a long way to go if they're going to win a state championship here. Um, that in the in the 1-8 game. In the 4-5 game, Rockville kind of had a little bit of trouble with API. You know, we know we made a lot of uh, the CTC, Pete, not really being, you know, up to snuff. And, you know, maybe they have their own division. And while that may be the case, you know, ATI, you know, they, they hung around. They let at least Rockville hung around a bit. And, uh, you know, Malachi Mapp only had 39 yards on 11 carries rushing. But he also had eight, eight tackles and an interception. And, uh, you know, Brady Ramsdale had a nice second half, three, three TD passes in the second half. Just to shake them off, they advance to play Berlin in a game that should be fascinating. Class M. Then at the bottom half of the bracket, it's an all SEC matchup. Notre Dame West Haven just obliterates Harvard Public 42 to nothing. And then down at the bottom, number three, Law advances 42 13 over Ram. Our guy John Nider with another big day running for 236 yards and touchdowns of 59 and 68 yards and threw another 54 yard touchdown yards and a touchdown and he also cut a touchdown pass uh he did everything but drive the bus as they say 42 13 over ram uh they advanced to play notre dame out of tier one the the, the scenario we all hated to see we, we all knew we were gonna see we didn't want to see it but here it is it's notre dame versus law at veterans field pete in class m field berlin and rockville notre dame and law what can you say about it you know, Notre Dame start, you know, preparing a fan bus to go up to uh, CCSU or Rentschler yeah. and then a uh, police escort back because, I mean, this is yours to lose. Yeah. I mean, I'm anxious to see if uh, Nider is going to have a little bit of a game here. I'm I'm, I'm kind of hoping that Law shows up and makes something. Better. He's a stud. John Nider is an absolute star. Um, but Notre, it's a, we talk about different speed. 
to different yeah. speed. Different speed, tier one to tier three. Remember. Yeah. Um, so that'll be tough for law, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Moving up to class double M. Well, the up the upside down division. This is where all of the uh, the, the other two CTC schools were. Dames River had no answers for North Haven as we thought, 50 to nothing. Uh, Wilton was in a bit of a dogfight. The SMSA, your boy Danny Hernandez, those guys showed up. That's yeah. a Pequot team, SM SMSA. The number eight seed, Wilton, the FCI team, wins despite it, 13 to six. In the other side, Northwest United, great season, 10 and 0, facing number seven, Massick, 46 to six. It was no contest. The Panthers move on to the semifinals, and then finally in the in the what did we do to deserve this game? Number three killing was a surprisingly easy victory over number six Weathersfield, 34 to 13. Soren Reed had a massive day. The ECC D3 Player of the Year ran 28 times, or 156 yards, and a, a touchdown, and threw a 44-yard up option TD pass to Ben Jacks. Keith Perry also chipped in with 171 yards rushing on 14 carries. For Killingly and 34-14 uh, over Field. I was kind of shocked by that. But all the lower seeds here in this in this class advance. Um, no shock there. No, it's, it's. I mean, I'm intrigued by this semifinals. You know, Wilton and FCI team, North Haven SEC tier one team. So I think that's a pretty solid matchup. Good semifinals. You got Massick. Yeah, you got Massick, who's a good SWC team, and Killing, you know, Killingly, who has uh, avenged that loss to Wyndham by just decimating opponents on its way to the semifinal. Uh, it's intriguing, but quarterfinals in this, I mean, the biggest thing that stands out was SMSA, and, you know, hats off to Kevin Quinn and the coaching staff up there. They got their team ready. Uh, you could call it rust on Wilton. They didn't play in three weeks, but, um, you know, to come out and, and go down by, you know, lose by seven is no... Uh, you know, is no, you know, that's impressive. Um, you know, shout out to Thames River. Um, they allowed 69 points this year. Uh, 50 of them came against North Haven. Yeah. So listen, uh, Good job. Good job, CIAC. Yeah, listen, that's a, this is a CIAC thing. They continue with, I mean, it's a scheduling and a CIAC thing. It's a proper schedule would have fixed this. Um, yep. I, I, I'm, I am with our colleague, Jeff Jacobs, when he says that there should, and a lot of coaches have said this everywhere. A lot of coaches love the six divisions. I hate it, but they're all right about one thing. One of these divisions should be a tech slash co-op division, in my opinion. I think that those are two easy common denominators you can kind of mesh together. Because a lot of these tech schools are co-ops. Yeah. And this gives tech schools the option to co-op if they want to also to maybe boost themselves in the, in a tech slash co-op division. If you want to co-op, you know, now, now, now you're against like schools. As well, I think that would be great for a fifth division. I'm still not uh, convinced there should be a sixth, but uh, if you want to do four and then that, I'm totally 100% uh, behind that. Anyway, moving on to class L. This is now it starts to get a little interesting. Um, very interesting results here, Pete. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up here. Number three, Maloney, down seven to six to New Milford going into the fourth quarter in that game. Uh, you know, New Milford playing in its first state playoff berth uh, ever. And Darnell Bronson had a touchdown run, and things are looking kind of dicey for a former number one team. But our guy, Dante Kelly, just had just went off in that fourth quarter. Kelly returned a punt, 57 yards for a touchdown, caught a TD pass, and then had two interceptions. 
uh, to advance the Spartans, the defending class L champ Spartans, into the semifinals. They will play Shelton, which defeated Newtown 21 to 20 in a game we thought was going to be a slugfest. Uh, John DeCamps had several big catches, including the eventual winner uh, early in the fourth quarter from uh, Michael Kinnick. They kicked the extra point to go up 21 20. And Aiden Sapansky, who's had a great couple games here, he picked off Jaden Cordova to hold off Newtown. And then they got one more chance Newtown to, to win the game with a field goal. They drove 58 yards down to the 20 with seconds left. But the field goal goes wide left. And Shelton, number seven seed, advances past their pals from Newtown. They'll face Maloney in the semifinals. And then up top, Number four, New Canaan, also in a bit of a slugfest with Naugatuck, Jet Hall, uh, Mikey Dietlbaum, and Caden Martin, all doing very well and pounding the ground in clock control, 7-7 late. But Hunter Telesco, 127 yards and 18 carries, including a 65-yard touchdown run right after he had a 77-yard, you're wiped out because of the penalty. Telesco puts him ahead for good. Groff kicks a field goal. New Canaan and its defense only allowed seven points. So, you know, that's been their M.O. all season. They advanced to the semifinals. I mean, what's the semifinal without New Canaan, I guess? 17 uh, in a row. <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, you know, you just don't beat New Canaan. But good job by Naugatuck and Coach Chris Anderson. He's got his guys going in the right direction. And then finally, the game that you were at at Kennedy Stadium, Pete. Number eight, Cheshire. But got in just barely. Thanks to Darianne losing on Thanksgiving. And then Harding knocking off Bridgeport Central. They got to play number one, St. Joseph, which has probably played the toughest schedule of anybody in the state. And what happened 24 to 14? All I can say there is, you know, Matt Jeffrey. He is a star. I, I was joking with him after. I was like, dude, you sure you want to go play lacrosse at Notre Dame? But I will tell you, I watched highlights of that kid all season, and I knew he was fast. Watching that live is different. It hits different he is so fast he was you know coach uh, joe delvecchia for st joe said it he's like he was everywhere he was at quarterback he's at wide receiver he's at running back like he said he goes there's not a team in the state that has a guy that can match match effort and that's that's hard because once he got into open space he was gone uh and he also had an interception uh but what you know this looks like you know it stands out like there's a lot of guys that we're going to hear from again. You know, New Milford. We're going to hear from Bronson again. He's only a sophomore. He'll be back. Uh, New Milford will be back. Naugatuck, Jed Hall, Katie Martin are back. You know, they're both juniors. Sad to see Michael Dietlbaum go. He is a, a lunch pal player. He's an awesome, you know, grit. When I think of grit, I think of Michael Dietlbaum. Um, you know, St. Joe's, a couple of guys that are going to be back. Um, but uh, this is a pretty interesting semifinal. we got Ram on Ram action. In uh, in the first semifinal uh, at, uh, at at New Canaan, and then we got the defending champs against Shelton, who played a really tough schedule too. Um, you know, they this is their and you know they're coming off their annual matchup with Newtown. It feels like at this point, I'm pretty sure they played 2016, 2017, 2019, 2021, and now <laughs> now this year. Uh, so there's a little rivalry budding there, and and you know Maloney, you know. Uh, Kyle Valentine, the quarterback, uh, he got knocked around, a uh, little dinged up. Uh, he didn't play in the second half uh, of that game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what his status is for that game. Yeah. But uh, two really intriguing matchups. I mean, look, Cheshire can score. New Canaan's got a really good defense. New Canaan 
struggled to put the ball in the end zone offensively. Cheshire's defense looked really good against St. Joe's. Um, so I'm really intrigued by that one. And then obviously Shelton Maloney. Look, what Shelton team is going to show up? Is it the Shelton team that just beat Newtown? Or is it the Shelton team that disappears for halves at a time? That's what I'm really intrigued by because Maloney, Kevin will get them up for that game. That said, also Dante Kelly, stud. And even JoJo Gonzalez had a great game, too. Like, you know, we expect that out of him at this point, but he had a really good game as well for Maloney. Jeffrey, we saw, I mean, I saw early on in that Southington game that uh, how good he was, and then he scored two, two touchdowns late, but Southington did a nice job handling him. I'm just shocked that the rest of Cheshire, Cheshire would look pretty lethargic in that Thanksgiving game, actually getting off the deck and knocking off one of the top teams, the number two ranked team in the state. I mean, what happened with St. Joseph? I thought... You know, they, they had a great start to the season, and then they kind of, did they did they tail off? They kind of tailed off as a group. I mean, I know they didn't play any great teams, and maybe they were just kind of biding their time, but, you know, they took they took their sweet time, kind of beating trouble, and, you know, just a, a, just an uncharacteristic uh, exit. Well, well, it was interesting, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but St. Joe's had the lead at half. They came back to take the lead at half. So it, it had a lot of, uh, it looked a lot like the Thanksgiving game. But it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think the takeaway from St. Joe is nobody expected to be there to begin with. I think you can kind of hang your hat on that a bit and, and look at the teams you beat during the regular season. I mean, this for for Coach Joe Delvecchia, I mean, he's won a lot of state titles. But, I mean, this is, I would say, one of his most impressive coaching jobs. Yeah, it was it was excellent. You know, and it's too bad that she ended short of a, of a of at least getting into the semifinals. But, you know, great job by Don Trust. Oh, Don, he, he, I got video clips, uh, you know, hopefully you put them up. Him jumping on the sideline after interceptions, like running out to meet the kid, like doing like the jump chest bump. And I, I his and his lovely wife, Christine Druss, the softball coach at Cheshire. She is an amazing softball coach on top of it. But I love when like I go to a Cheshire game and like she's, she's making sure he's drinking water after the game because he was a little like really you know uppity and then like when cheshire wins a softball sec title like who's on the field going nuts you know high-fiving everybody it's don like i just it, it's so cool it's one of my favorite things that that is going on right now in high school sports yeah we're, 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 we're big fans uh so good job by him and the guys uh, i didn't know you had it in you guys especially uh, uh, it was incredible it yeah. was it was truly incredible Moving on uh, to the cl- finally to the class double L tournament, some wacky stuff going on here. Let's start off at the bottom. Number six, Glastonbury, Patron, Jack Patron, and the guys with another stellar. Uh, they were waving their arms, saying, "Look at us! Look at us over <laughs> here! Look at us! Look at us!" We're like, "Eh, what? What? You haven't seen anything?" They knock off number one, <laughs> number one ranked or former number one ranked West Haven, seventeen to seven. Yeah, in a game that they just. Played lots of defense. They doubled West Haven on the ground, like 400 yards to 200. Uh, Patron did well, but it was a total team effort, and they advanced to the semifinals uh, with an amazing effort. West Haven, which started out the season 9-0, goes down and defeat two straight games to end the year. Really kind of a disappointing effort. Um, you know, Avian Adams had an interception, but they just couldn't recapture the magic in the beginning of the season. And, you know, uh, this, coupled with the game above it, Number two, Greenwich beating up on Hamden, 47-7. to Now, we know Hamden has got kind of banged up as well. But the SEC two, uh, Tier 2 teams, two of them, both went down in defeat uh, after being considered to, to the league's top teams. So, I mean, I guess there is something to that after all. Yeah, it, 
It was interesting. A little disappointing. Uh, I know they obviously feel disappointed, but uh, I thought I thought West Haven would would put up more of a fight against Glastonbury, and uh, and you know with Hamden they I are banged up. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think some of the West. Uh, sorry, some of the Fairfield Prep guys were like, "Oh, I knew, I knew they were gonna. Oh, I knew they were gonna lose." And you're like, "Really?" And mm-hmm. and I guess they saw something in that West Haven uh, performance on Thanksgiving night, the night before Thanksgiving, where you know West Haven really didn't show up in that game either. Yeah. So, listen, great job by Glastonbury. You know, I mean, I know we we kind of tease them a lot, but that loss to Hall after you know the end their you know unbeaten start. You know, they were waving their hands, look at us. Uh, but that lost the hall really kind of put a crimp in their, their style. And they've had a, to do a lot here to get it back. I think they're fully now ingrained in the consciousness uh, in the semis here. Moving on up to the top, you had number one, Southington. The number, the new, they regained their number one ranking. It, it, I guess if you have the number one ranking, you're jinxed. I put it I put it in the, in the upset post. It's the new Madden curse. Yeah. The game time CT number one curse. You get number one run as far. As yeah, I just luckily the new the number one team, off. the new number one team at the end of the year won't have to worry about it until August. What happened to Southern? Well, with Rowan Johnson out with a shoulder injury, Trumbull, which looked like it was going to be dead in this game, they should have beaten St. Joe the week before, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. But this time, Jonathan Hall. 232 yards rushing on 33 carries and five touchdowns. Row who? <laughs> touchdowns. A massive day on a game where he kind of ruined Lincoln Cup's last game. He also had a, another good, good game, a great game. Four touchdowns, but the Southern could not stop Jonathan Hall. You know, maybe uh, Trumbull just decided, like, we're just going to go down, you know, just pounding the rock here. And sure enough, 203, it's just an amazing... Well, it, it's five. incredible because they were up big in that game. They were up 20 to 7. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm checking Twitter. I'm like, wow, like really impressive by Trumbull. And then all of a sudden, Lincoln Cardillo shows up, scores three straight touchdowns. And I'm like, it's Thanksgiving all over again. Uh, but they were able to rally and come back. <laughs> Jonathan Hall's a junior. So is Rowan Johnston. I think Mars might just stick Johnson at quarterback and just run the option next year. Yeah, or like wing, are they going to run the single wing? <laughs> Why not? I mean, they got, you know, they're, they're going to be replacing. Quarterback, right? Yeah, they're graduating a quarterback. Like they have two really good running backs. Look, Hall showed a lot in that St. Joe's game. Uh, he was in that game. He wasn't able to get to the next level to, you know, break free uh, for big games. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. He was still averaging like six yards a carry in that game. But, you know, there was none of that like big, touchdown runs in that game and it looked like he was able to do it against Southern. And finally, one of the best games of the night over at Staples Field, 23-22, Fairfield Prep survives. Number 5 seed Fairfield Prep survives Staples 23-22. Uh and a great once again, just a great defensive effort by the by the Jesuits. They go up 13 to nothing early and Staples just couldn't stop them. And it looked like it was going to be the old Fairfield Prep MO where they score a couple early touchdowns this happened against West Haven. And they kind of sit back, and then they play a little bit of defense. But that was going to be a tricky proposition against Caleb Smith, Tyler Clark, and James Hillhouse, and that great offense by Staples. You knew that they were going to come back in that game. And sure enough, down 16-7 to at halftime. Big kickoff return, and then a quick score. They get within 16-14, to and then take the lead for good on an 80-yard, 10-play drive on another Smith run. So that was 22-16. Prep converts a big fourth and eight. And then Tyler Smith finds Ryan Prezano for the tying score. 
And then the kick by Rob Murphy gave him a 23-22 to 22 lead. They had a big pickoff by Edit Derby on Staples' next possession. But then the Wreckers get the ball back on the three-yard line with just under three minutes left. And they drove all the way down to the Fairfield Prep 12, converting a fourth town. And then you, you thought that this was going to be just like Greenwich all over again where they're going to tie or they're going to go ahead late. But John Morris, the defensive back for Fairfield Prep, tips away a pass intended for Clark at the goal line with three seconds left. They had to try the field goal, and it was just wide left. In fact, it almost decapitated me as you'll see in the film. <laughs> and, uh, but Fairfield Prep with this, uh, whoo, they survive, and now they get a home game playing trouble for the first time ever. In a, you know, those teams are, their schools are so close together, they have never played. Fairfield Prep was in the old NBAC and then joined the, the SEC when that happened. Trumbull, Jerry McDougal was never a big Fairfield Prep fan. Uh, Earl Lavery, they, those guys did not get along back in the old days. And uh, and it's one of the reasons why Fairfield Prep is not in the FCAC. A lot of guys did not want Fairfield Prep to be in the FCAC because they took all their players or they recruited their players or whatever the, the criticism was. Now you have this big matchup at Raftery Stadium uh, in the in the uh, in the semifinals, which is going to be just uh, fireworks, Pete. Yeah, I, I hate Rafferty Stadium. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, I like the stadium. I hate the field. Yeah. Like, this shouldn't be the place for a semifinal game. And Fairfield Preps earned a home game. They one hundred percent have earned a home game. Don't get me wrong. I just it's a state final game. We've you know, CIAC has moved games for other reasons. I think they, you know, I'm not saying that they should move it. I just feel bad that they're going to have to play a semifinal game here. That said, I think it's a really good game. I think uh, Trumbull's playing with a little bit of uh, some swagger right now, knocking off the top team. Now, remember, Trumbull and Staples played a really close game earlier this year where Tyler Clark scored a touchdown late in the game to take the lead, but they scored, like, I think it was four touchdowns combined in the last, like, two and a half minutes of that game. Um, so I think this one's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then down in Greenwich, and obviously, I think we expected Greenwich to be here. Uh, they're a really talented team. They were the number one team in the preseason. I think people forget that. Um, and then Glastonbury. I mean, this is it. Waving your hands, sh- wagging your finger at us on Twitter. Uh, thank you for putting your max prep stats up finally. Um, but this is your moment. This is the moment where, um, you know, you'll have a shot to really – you know, leave your mark on the state, uh, you know, even in a loss. Yeah, this is it for Glastonbury, guys. Show up. This is it. You know, Greenwich, like you said, not a dominant, not a dominant team in the state this year, but Greenwich is pretty consistent when you, when you get down to it. They're one of the most dominant teams that are left. Um, now this is your time, Glastonbury. You got to, you know, every time a, uh, a, a CCC team has gone down to play Greenwich in the state playoff, it hasn't gone very well. Just ask New Britain. Uh, I think there was another one uh, also, too. I think Hall or, or something like that. Uh, so it's been kind of tough for them. But uh, the other thing I'll say about Raftery, Pete, is, uh, is it's it's a problem. It's just it's impossible to watch a game there and not be just completely annoyed because you don't see any football lines. You have to get even on the field. I'm sitting there watch, standing on the field, and I can't see any lines. 
Uh, it looks so weird in highlights when you're looking and you're like, the kid raises his arms and you're like, wait, did he cross the goal line? And you have mm -hmm. to like look to see where the post is. You know, uh, I know Fairfield Prep has nothing to do with it. Yes, so this is not on Fairfield Prep. This is not no. on Fairfield Prep. This is totally a Fairfield University thing. Um, and, you know, somebody's got to put their foot down because it's it, uh, there are teams that go there, especially when you're playing a neutral site. or not a neutral site, especially when you're playing a playoff game. You know, you, your opponent comes in and it's like, I don't even know what we're doing here. Like, so uh, I can imagine Trumbull is not very happy. And all other teams have, have expressed themselves uh, either publicly and privately how really annoying to play at Rafferty Stadium but uh hey as far as Fairfield Prep goes they will take it it's their home game and uh you know uh and we'll see what happens but uh they've <laughs> can you imagine they were one and three at one point Fairfield Prep one it's impressive it's impressive and uh you know they're the hottest team in the state right now but uh yeah so so Pete those are your semi-finalists and now let's go back the other way with the PD Page News Pick and Podcast hybrid episode crossover episode number three pete take it away all right just quickly going through the quarterfinal results dave stewart led the way at 19 and 5 sean barker went 18 and 6 you me and fornabio went 17 and 7 erickson went 15 and 9 as did mcnamee and morelli brecklin went 14 and 10 and the eight ball went 13 and 11 looking quickly over at the overall standings dave stewart leads the way by I one win yeah, he did. He's at uh, he's 110 and 44. We've picked 154 games so far this year. Uh, Sean Bowley and Mike Fornabio are game back at 109.45. Sean Barker 104.54. McNamee and Morelli 102.52. Brecklin 154. Myself 98 and 56. Erickson 91 and 63. And the eight ball sits at 82 and 72. I think this might be the first year that the eight ball has a really solid chance of finishing over 500. Um, did it finish but 500 last year? I don't think it did. I think it finished under. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But that said, I mean, Dave Stewart had the lead last year heading into the championships, and he got cocky and blew it. So, <laughs> all you know, we got, what are we picking, 12 games? So there's a lot still for movement. Um, you know, I think it's going to be close heading into the championships. But like Sean said, we're going to start at Class Double L and the matchups like we talked about earlier. Number eight, Trumbull going to Rafferty to play number five Fairfield Prep and number six Glastonbury going to Cardinal Stadium to play the number two Greenwich Cardinals. All right. <clears throat> Trumbull Prep. We talked about Prep. They're the hottest team in the state right now. They started one and three. Here they are sitting at eight and three uh, with a chance to go back to the double L finals. They went last year, lost to Darianne. Here's Trumbull. Huge win. Biggest win for Mars at Trumbull. Yeah. Um, they've had three losses this year. They lost to Greenwich. They lost to Staples, and they lost to St. Joe's on Thanksgiving. But they knock off the number one team in the state. When it comes down to it, when it comes down to big games, you want dudes or hymns, like like dogs. all the cool kid dogs, um, like all the kids say. Trumbull's got them. Hunter, uh, Ben Carley, Jordan Black, uh, Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Hall. Right now, you know. Uh, you know, it's still up in the air whether, you know, Rowan is going to uh, come back in this game. Uh, we had heard, I had heard on Thanksgiving, potentially he could be back if they make it to the semifinals. But, you know, we'll see hey, that day. You got a guy like Hall running around with that offensive line opening holes for him. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I could be back and help Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jonathan Hall is a little bit better than you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, Prep's got dudes too, right? Langus, Morris, uh, Wyshewski. Uh, Priasiano. Yeah, we love Wally on this show. Yeah, we love uh, You know, they got dudes too, so we got dudes, uh, got dogs all over the field. Um, 
Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one. These teams have never played. Prep's extremely on fire right now. And Trumbull just knocked off the number one team in the state. I mean, these are two heavyweights going at it. And, I mean, a win for Trumbull would just be insane. But, Sean, I'll let you go Yeah, first. a win for Trumbull would be insane. Uh, get ready for a little sanity here. I, I, I think the, the ride ends for the, uh, for the Eagles. Uh, Fairfield Prep defense, you know, I think it's a lot better than Southern's defense. Um, they showed it, and they they did a nice job on Tyler Clark uh, in the uh, in the in the quarterfinal round. They blanketed him. They decided to let James Hillhouse beat him, and he had a great game. He had like five catches for a buck thirty or something like that. And uh, but uh, they were like they stuck to their game plan. We're not going to let Clark beat us. And uh, so properly motivated and their discipline, Fairfield Prep. I think uh, you know their defense is just so good. And they do just enough on offense to uh, to to make it difficult for teams. So uh, with that said, I'm going to go with Fairfield Prep here. I think Trumbull's going to show up, but uh, you know it's hard for me to pick against an SEC Tier One team with them going five and zero in the in the quarterfinal. Round. Pete, uh, this one is a struggle for me. Yeah, this one is a real. <clears throat> it's my boys. You know, it's uh, Marsh threatened to take away my beach pass to the town. Oh, I say, Where's the beach? I don't know. I have a I have a park pass. I don't know. He called it a beach pass, but uh, I don't know. But you know, I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm like struggling. You know, like do I want to go with the crazy pick or do I go with prep being the you know playing the best right now in the state? And I know I'm out of it. I am all about crazy picks, and uh, I emotionally did my not emotionally late last night. I made my picks at like four o'clock in the morning. I was putting together the semifinal capsules, and I went with Trumbull, and really? uh, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going wow. with Trumbull in this game. I think they're on a high coming off the win against Southington. Wow. I think, look, Fairfield Prep's defense is awesome, uh, but I think Trumbull will be able to score a couple of touchdowns on them, and uh, it's going to make it a lot harder for Fairfield Prep to come back in this game, so I'm going with the Eagles to go to the championship. Oh, you know, you know, Jerry McDougal, the ghost of Jerry McDougal is not happy with me. So, uh, but you know, hey, uh, Wally's not ma- not happy with you, Pete. Wally's going to be very sad that you uh, you picked against them. They're going to, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear all about it when Fairfield Prep wins. Next game, Pete. All right, next up we got number six Glastonbury. Uh, like I said, they're playing Greenwich. Uh, Glastonbury, Jack Patron. Uh, you know, he didn't even score. Yeah. Uh, I think Drew. He had a great defensive game. He rushed for over 100. I think he rushed for 156. But they had other guys who scored. Drew, Drew Curdo caught a touchdown. Uh, they held a really fast, athletic, really good West Haven offense uh, on the ground. You know, they they limited them. They still rushed for 200 yards, but they definitely limited them. Then you look at Greenwich. Greenwich again, dogs, dudes. They got, I mean, if it's not Konensberg running the ball, it's uh, Vaka, I can't pronounce his name. Vamalakis, George. Uh, You know, they got guys. Charlie Dixon is becoming one of the best receivers in the state. James Walgram is still there. Dom DeLuke is still there. And, oh, by the way, Jack Wilson's still throwing the ball. Yeah, Don't forget Um, your boy, Galetta. And my boy, my boy, Griffin Galetta. All right, he's just a maniac on defense. Uh, Oh, they're both my boys. I got, I got, I got a lot of boys. I got, I got a lot of dogs. Um, do they know this though? Yeah, <laughs> if they listen to the show, they do. But uh, you know, in this one, I look Glastonbury. This has been a great ride. Um, you have shut us up numerous amount of times. Uh, Jack Patron, you've had an amazing senior year. There's going to be a lot of postseason accolades for you. Uh, Pete is but, going to your game. 
Um, yeah, I am going to this game. Uh, well, I think that could change. Now you got to but... show up. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you go, you got to show out. Yes, uh, but I'm going to go with Greenwich in this one. I just think they have uh, they just have too many talented players all across the field. Pete, I'm with you. Greenwich, um, Glastonbury uh, will find it a lot difficult, more difficult in this one than they found in West Haven. I mean, great season, and they're going to hang their hats on uh, some pretty big, uh, pretty big wins this year. Maloney, West Haven, not Greenwich though. We'll go with the cards. Going to the Class L, we got number eight Cheshire going to New Canaan to play the number four Rams. Like I said, Ram on Ram. And uh, then in the other matchup, we got number seven Shelton going to Falcon Field to play the number three Maloney Spartans, the defending Class L champions. But we're going to start in the other matchup, the Cheshire Rams versus the New Canaan Rams, red and white all over the field on Sunday. I was so impressed with Cheshire. I really was so impressed with Cheshire on Tuesday. Uh... You know, obviously, we talk about Michael Jeffrey. Jeffrey Gonzalez. I mean, he is such a tough, tough player. Evan Russo on defense was just disrupting Will Singwall in the pocket, making him run all over the place. Um, you know, and then you got New Canaan. New Canaan's defense is incredible. We've talked about it so many times. Matthew Salamini, Walker Blair, A.J. Bell, Ty Groff. Look. Kickers, kickers are people too, man. And Ty Groff is a weapon. And, um, you know, having him and Hunter Telesco obviously had a great game. Uh, he rushed, what, for 150-something yards on two plays in a row, but only 62 of them counted. Uh, but, you know, Sean, I, I went first on the last one. You're going to go on this one. But uh, I'm, I'm confident in my in my pick that I'm about to make. But I'm going to let you go first. Oh, you're going to let me go first? Well, I'm yeah. going to upstage you here. I'm going to go with Cheshire. Uh, Gosh, you know, darn it. <laughs> Listen, Matt Jeffrey is one of the best players in the state. Their defense just as good, maybe, as uh, as New Cannon's is. Um, New Cannon has weapons, but it's going to be a slugfest. And I'll I'll take the guys who have the better offense in this in this case. You know, in this case, the better player is going to be on the uh, the other red Ram side of the field. You know, everyone's going to have to wear, like, glasses to figure this out. Uh, but, uh, you know, another guy you, do, you you've kind of forget to mention is Brett Rochford, the defensive end for Cheshire. He's been very good in the games that I've seen him play. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be tough going into a new Canaan. They got a great coaching staff, Lou Marinelli, you know, the whole nine. But, you know, I, sometimes I wonder about what's going on with new Canaan's offense the last, uh, you know, the last two seasons. And, uh, they're going to see, being seeing a lot of, uh, Matt Jeffrey, uh, in this game. I just, I just kind of see it. I'm going with the Rams. The other Rams. Yeah, you upstaged me. I was going to go Cheshire. Ah, I'm going with I am going Cheshire. Again, I did the I did these picks at 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I was on, uh, you Don't know, give me the no sleep. But I know I, I'm going to Cheshire. I was just so impressed. And just watching them, listening to Don Drust and, and, and the other coaches and, and the team, like, they're playing for something, man. They are playing, you know, it was after Thanksgiving. I just want another week with these guys. You win. Okay, now you got another, you know, you got another week. And then, you know, it's going to be a week after that. I, I'm not getting in the way of the Rams, right? Uh, the Cheshire Rams right Cheshire now. Rams. I'm going quite, with Cheshire. It's not quite the foreign baseball equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's to go seven wins. But imagine Cheshire going to the state finals. <laughs> if Cheshire goes to the state finals at eight and four, that'd be, I mean, that would be wonderful. I Because I'm picking them. 
But all right, so we're going both we're both going with Cheshire. All right, I dig that. All right, the next one, Shelton at Maloney. Um, this one also very interesting. Shelton has had such a weird up and down season. They show up and show out, or they disappear. They've lost some close games. All right, even the games that they've lost, they've been in. Then you got Maloney on the other side. Maloney's ten and one, the defending champions. Struggled against New Milford of the SWC for three quarters of that game. We don't know if Kyle Valentine is going to play in the game for the Spartans this weekend. Um, Shelton has a lot of different guys doing different things, right? Ricky Fiola was out. Uh, the other kid. Yeah, I know, but he was out on Tuesday. They had a player step up. He came back. He played well. Aiden's playing well. Um, you know, uh, John DeCamps. John DeCamps is playing well. He played well in the Xavier game as well. Kinnick's throwing the ball well. Kanye Tinney is playing very well. Uh, then on the Maloney side, Dante Kelly. Dante. We 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 fell in love with Dante Kelly after the Southington game. Jojo Gonzalez is an amazing player. Bogansky's still there running the ball. Um, my biggest question is which Shelton team is going to show up. I'll tell you what, and Pete. That- the good Shelton team. I'm going with the Gales. God, you just upstaged you again. You upstaged me again. <laughs> I was setting it up perfectly to go. <laughs> Listen, with Shelton. we got so much crap from Shelton of all the teams we picked against. Glastonbury came after us, but nobody came after us harder than Shelton. You got you got Mike DeFelice sending his text messages with a little smiley face. He took shots at us in the post game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I mean. It was wild. Uh, Justin Stale, the DC, killing us, sending us back our picks to us. You know, I know Shelton's just, <laughs> they're dying for us to pick against them here, but it's not happening, guys. We're going, I'm going with the Gales. Yeah, I'm going with the Gales too. Sean just stole my amazing setup, but I'm going with the Gales as well. All right, we're going to go over to Class Double M. And we have the matchups are in Class Double M. We have number eight Wilton going to North Haven to play the number five Nighthawks. Then in the other matchup, we have number seven Massick. They are going up to the Rhode Island border to play Killingly um, to Dayville uh, to play Killingly. They're the number three team in Class Double M. We're going to start at the top. Wilton, 19 days off. Barely got by SMSA. Hats off to SMSA. We talked about it. You know, great, great season for them, but it leaves you wondering. Okay, Wilton. I think hopefully that was rust because now you're about to run into an absolute buzzsaw and you're going to have four days to prepare for an offense that you probably haven't seen in three decades um, in North Haven. And man, did the Nighthawks give it to Thames River. 50 points, 50 nothing, seven different Nighthawk players scored in the game. Uh, our boy, Jeff Caravis, big game. He had a great game. He had a great game on Thanksgiving. Adam Pandolfi, they got dudes. They got guys. They got dogs. They're getting Wilton. Wilton, this is a whole new team. I mean, yes, they're 11 games in, but this is a team, not a lot of playoff experience, if any playoff experience. EJ coached in the playoffs, obviously, in 2019 when they got there, but the SMSA game just really leaves me questioning 
You know. Are you picking North Haven? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with North Haven. All right, I'm going with the Nighthawks. There it is. There it is, Sean. You're gonna I'm going to go me? with North Haven. You're going with North Haven, too? I'm going I'm just let's go, Pete. I'm going with North Haven, too. Single wing all day, every day. They're going to get back to the final for the first time since the last time in 2015. Uh, that should be fascinating. But, you know, SEC Tier 1, baby. Let's go, oh. North Haven. Well, in the last time North Haven got to the finals in 2015, New Canyon was waiting on the other side. It won't be the case. It will be, be either Massick or Killingly. And there you go. You got an SWC team from Massick who likes to throw and move the ball quickly. Jason Champagne, Dylan Jackson, the Walker brothers, Ryan Fideli. They got guys. Uh, Killingly, who are you going to give the ball to? They're going to run, and they're going to be aggressive up front. And they're going to try and dominate the line of scrimmage. Um Killingly has rallied after that loss to Wyndham, just straight up dominating opponents. That said, this one's you know kind of a toss-up for me. Sean, who do you got in this one? Wow, this game is really tough. Um, you know, uh, I I love everything about Killingly. I think, the, like you said, they got the guys. They got the guys up front. You know, they got the big beefy linemen. You know, running the ball. That they're going to have to do a lot of that and uh, keep away ball control because Massick, as we've seen all season long, can score and score quickly. Jason Champagne, you know, Dylan Jacks, all those guys. Um, you know, I have a hard time seeing killing face anything like Massick, you know, and, and being able to slow them down. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers here. I'd say Massick. I think Massick advances. Um, it'll be it'll be a tough game. But I keep thinking back to last year's Brantford game Killingly played, and, you know, Killingly had a really good team that went on to win a state championship, and Brantford had every shot to win that game. I think it's going to be a really similar spot here. You know, Massick's from, like, a, you know, they're a blue blood Massick. I mean, Killingly's kind of a blue, on the cusp of being a blue blood, but they're a little bit out of their element here uh, as a school of choice. They're really an S school. That should be maybe at double S. But, uh, you know, in double M here, facing Massick, I'm going to go with Panthers. You stole my thunder again. 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 Well, Killing League has been the seven straight semifinals. Yeah. This is their seventh. So, I mean, that's incredible. You want to talk Blue Bloods, it's definitely been the last decade. Yeah. Um, sure. But I'm going with Massick, too. I think this is a team, a speed that maybe Killing League hasn't seen before. Um, and Leah, like you said, that Brantford game, it's still ringing in the back of my mind as well. You know, Brantford was a couple of, you know, bounces going the other way to go into the championship. All right. We're going to go over to Class M. The matchups are number four, Rockville, going to Sage Park to play the number one, Berlin Redcoats. Then in the other one, we have a clash of SEC teams. We got number three, Jonathan Law, out of SEC Tier 3. And number two, Notre Dame West Haven out of SEC Tier one, we're going to start at the top, Rockville, Berlin. Rockville went to the Class M Finals last year. Berlin's last time in the Finals was 2018. Uh, Rockville played killingly in that Class M Final, and Berlin played St. Joe's. So lots changed uh, in those last couple of years. Third straight year for Rockville going to the semifinals uh, with the chance to go to the Finals for the second straight year. Rockville took a little longer to get going against ATI than a lot of us would have liked to see. Um, and Berlin... I think they were tied with Brantford at halftime, 7-7. Seven, yeah, seven. Seven, seven. Um, you know, it took Berlin a really long time to get going. Uh, a little surprised. Um, I wanted to do this last week, but I didn't. Um, I'm going with Rockville. I'm going with Rockville. I think, 
You know, Coach Knickerbocker, he's, I think he's one of the best coaches in the state for what he's done at Rockville the last couple of years. And, um, you know, they're doing a great job over at Berlin, and they have a really good team. But I'm going to go with Rockville. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and spice it up a little bit. I am not going with Rockville. I'm going to go with Berlin. Pete, I think they have uh, lots of weapons here, and I think they get physically scared. If they thought maybe that they, you know, they were going to cruise to the finals here, oh, 5-5 five five Brantford. Well, that 5-5 five five Brantford team plays in the SEC, which is a really good conference. You know, the Pequot, eh, not quite SEC level, though Rockville, very good. Malachi Map, very good. You know, they had a great, uh, they had a nice game. I think it was more of like, maybe Rockville just wasn't a little bit in sync against ATI, because ATI was really never in that game, let's be honest. It's just offensively, they just couldn't get anything going. I think ATI played very much better than they thought. But I'm going to go with Berlin here, Pete. Uh, you know, I have more faith uh, in, in you in the Red Coats. I know you're a Red Coats hater. So, uh, and just Death hoping taxes. Hoping. And hope death tax, but you, yeah, you're death taxes and picking against Brand, uh, Berlin. <laughs> and put that uh, on a shirt. And I know they, hey, they think I'm uh, I'm against them with my Notre Dame state championship pick. But uh, but hey, I'm gonna go with Berlin to get the final. At least they're gonna get a chance to play. Yeah, it's well, kind of spoiling my next pick. But go ahead. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Next one, Law no, no, Notre Dame. I'm, you know, John Nider is really, really, really good. Uh, Matt Haggerty is a really good receiver. Michael Nider, John's brother, who's the one who threw him the touchdown pass in the quarterfinal game. Um, but I think this is just a different level of football. Uh, no, Notre Dame at SEC Tier 1, 8-3, and three, beat Hamden on Thanksgiving. Um, uh, you know, I, it's just, I'm different going with speed, Notre Dame. Different yeah. speed, SEC Tier 1, different speed, different strength. Law doesn't play any of any of these teams um you maybe should argue we should go back to that old system where they were locked crossovers you know instead of playing these equal size you know uh alliance games not doing law any favors neither is great uh but you know <laughs> Notre Dame was even arguably shouldn't even be here the CIC won't move these teams even though they're you know they want them to do well before they move them up they were using the school Excuse me, the success rule, which I think is a cop out. Um, you know, it's, uh, you mean the St. Joe's rule? Yeah, it's this. Let's the let's get St. Joe out of Class S. Just give the Catholic schools. You know, they should never be playing anything lower than L. Period. You want to put the small Catholic schools in L and the large Catholic schools in double L? Go for it. But what is Notre Dame doing here? Uh, it's not even. They're going to. The, they're going to win the state championship. I'm picking three nights. All right. We're gonna and go mark to mark it down for the next thing. We are you already know you know where I'm going. If Notre Dame doesn't go, then that's you know that's on them. All right. The on, but... Off to uh, class double S. The matchups are number five Barlow at number one Cromwell Portland, Oof. and on the other side we have number seven Gilbert at number six Valley Regional Old Lime. We'll start at the top. Barlow, Cromwell, Portland, Danny Shaben. Still a dude, still a dog, still killing it uh, over at Cromwell Portland. I mean, this is a lot, uh, a good majority of this group won a state title last year. Went into Ansonia and thumped the Chargers on their, well, wasn't their home field, but it was, right, they played at Derby. Um, Cromwell dominated. This is a team that knows how to win championships, a coach that has won a championship, an excellent coach in Randall Bennett, and they're running into Danny Shaben. And I don't think that they've seen an athlete like Danny Shaben this year. Though I do think their defense could try and take him out of the game, focus on him, try and let other players beat them. Uh, that said, 
I picked them all the way in August, and I'm sticking with it. I'm going with Barlow. I picked Barlow to win double S, and I'm sticking with my pick. Yeah, this is a tough spot for Cromwell uh, Portland. Uh, Alex Hare being back is certainly a big help. Uh, when you say that they, they may have not have uh, the, played an athlete like Danny, I, I would argue that they played D'Angelo Jean-Pierre, who is not quite the run him over breakaway speed type. He's more the shifty type than breakaway speed, but they certainly know the type of athlete, you know. Um, Danny Shaven, definitely a little bit more of a bowling ball than D'Angelo Jean-Pierre. This is a very hard pick for me. Um, I, uh, I mean, dynamically, I think uh, Cromwell Porton's got a, a little more weapons. Um, they were in a bit of a dogfight there with Ledger. Uh, but they're gonna be on, it's gonna be on a grass field, so maybe shape has slowed down a little bit. They're letting the grass grow. No, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that. Then Cromwell Portland doesn't really. They do rely on, on some speed, um, but you know, an SWC team playing a Pequot team. I'm gonna go with Barlow. Last second, I can't see an SWC team in this spot. You know, losing. I mean, Cromwell Portland's had a great run. I think a lot of people have said that they're not quite the team they were last year. A lot of the same players. You know, no Teddy Ball game, no Owen Brunk there. Um, but you know, I think this is going to be a classic. Oh, I'm debating whether I should go to this game uh, or not. But uh, it's going to be classic. I just think someone said to me that Barlow's going to win the state championship here. I don't know about I, that, but I'll, at least they'll get to the fun. I I said Barlow was going to win the state title. Well, somebody coached it. So oh, I, a coach agreed with my assessment. No, he just made his own assessment. <laughs> pick Barlow. Yeah, you pick Barlow, I pick Barlow. I, I, that's a tough one. I mean, no, it's going to be a great watch game. Watch Cromwell Portland go, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to pick 20. <laughs> all right, the uh, next one in Class S, we got number seven, Ooh. Gilbert Housatonic. This Gilbert is Northwestern. This is Gilbert. What a, what, a, what a division this is. Go ahead, Pete. Sorry. Well, the last matter we have number seven, Gilbert Northwestern Housatonic going to deep, going to Deep River to play Valley Regional Lime Old Lime. That's a lot of characters. We're not going to be able to fit any of those in a headline on our website. Right, there are five schools in this matchup. Oh my God. So many schools. Gilbert, the biggest shock, I think, in the first round by just how dominant they were, beating Wyndham 34-0. Freddie Camp, we talk about him all the time. Freddie Camp is awesome. <laughs> he is so good. He did everything. I think he had an interception return for a touchdown. He had, a rushing, he had a two rushing touchdowns. I think he had a receiving touchdown. He's a baller. And Valley Regional, Jacob Brand, John pierre you know, We talked about Valley at length on the show previously. Gilbert has never been to a championship game. Actually, Tuesday's win was only their second playoff win ever the other one coming back in 2010 when their quarterback was by the name of bobby lippincott oh yeah um he went to southern uh and valley last championship was 2014 when they beat ansonia to win the uh state title chris uh, jean pierre but chris jean pierre and tim king is the coach uh i am really torn on this game yeah. because i think there's a lot of talent across the board and uh, i think we slept on gilbert way too much hey. Um, I think we gave Wyndham a lot of credit that they deserve, but I don't think we gave Gilbert any credit. And you look back at their schedule, you know, yeah, they played in Division Two of the NBL, but they played well against Ansonia. They played well against Naugatuck. Right. Um, you know, and I think Freddie Camp, I think Freddie Camp's the best player on this field. And uh, I'm going to go with Gilbert. 
Uh, my, my, my registered citizen bias is coming through. I'm going with GNH to go to the finals to have a rematch against Barlow of the 2013 quarterfinals when Jack Shaben was the quarterback at Barlow. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with Valley Regional Old Lime. Uh, D'Angelo Jean-Pierre, Jake Brand. Uh, and there are a lot of guys up front that we don't mention. But uh, I picked against them, and they showed four and what four. And that's impressive. I know four is SEC Tier 3. is not exactly SEC Tier 1. But still, Pequot team beating any SEC team is pretty good. Uh, and the way they beat them, you know, 26 to 13, that was no joke. It wasn't like a 21-20, you know, uh, kick or something like that. Separated them. That's impressed me enough. I like the matchup. I think Freddie Camp goes off again. Uh, they're going to have a hard time. But I think they have the athletes to at least keep up and, and win the game. I'm going to go with Valley. All right. We're going to go to Class S, the final of the 12 semifinal games that we're picking. The we got... NBL Invitational. This is the, for the NBL Championship. This is like a TV show. It's the NBL Invitational Guest starring Bloomfield. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Bloomfield ma- gets it. It's like the fa- Bloomfield's like the fan, the fan contestant. You know, yeah. see how you do against the rest. All right, <laughs> jump in there. It's a wild card. All right. The Class S matchups are number four Woodland at number one Ansonia. They played earlier this year in a rematch. Uh, this is a rematch they played earlier this year. And on the other side, we have number three Holy Cross at number two Bloomfield up at Phil Rubin Stadium. All right, Woodland Ansonia. We've seen this before. All right. We, we we already saw this game. David Cassetti's still good. Malachi Ingram is still good. Chris Kaminsky is still good. I'm going to make it easy on our listeners. I'm going with Ansonia. I'm going with Ansonia, too. I'm going to hold to my uh, position from last week. You never pick against Ansonia. Even when they're maybe down, uh, you just don't pick against them. I'm Nine times out of, or sorry, a hundred times out of 101, you're gonna you're gonna be rewarded for that. I'm going with the Chargers too. They get to the final. All right, and then the last one we got number three, Holy Cross, going to Bloomfield. Number two, um, Bloomfield's the Kerr brothers, Darian Foster. I mean, you you have talked about this team at length on this show, and then on the other side, you got Holy Cross who. Is going to be down Tom Legey, one of the best players in the NBL. Um, you know, Holy Cross still has some guys. Campbell, Colette. Um, they got dudes. Uh, Rowan Ma- uh, Maldonado is still there playing linebacker. Yeah. Um, but I think the Legey injury is too much for them to overcome. I know that <clears throat> they don't like me up at Warhawk Na- uh, Warhawks Nation, but uh, I'm picking Bloomfield again. That's two weeks in a row. Oh, wow. That means, uh, yeah. Um, that, that's heavy. That's a big moment when, when Pete picks you from the field. <laughs> I'm going with the Warhawks, too. Um, you know, Marquise Campbell is great for Holy Cross, but his speed, uh, there are a few of those guys on uh, on Bloomfield. And uh, I, I think you'll have a game, but I think you'll be up. they'll be up to the challenge of defending him. I mean, uh, they, they did a nice job against Chili White and Windsor, remember, uh, in that game. Um, you know, and I just think Bloomfield's just a little bit more explosive when it comes to you know their guys on the offensive side. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a track meet for sure. I was really impressed with Holy Cross's win over New Fairfield, um, and it just if they had Leegy, maybe or maybe I probably would, would be picking them. I just think they're a little bit more of a well-rounded team. But uh, 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Warhawks, and we're going to see that coveted Ansonia Bloomfield matchup for the NVL overall title. <laughs> that is true. All right, so that is the 12 semifinal games. Um, we will be back, what, Monday? <laughs> we'll be recording on Monday uh, next week for the championships. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully the picks go my way this week. I just don't want to finish in the bottom. I'm trying to win this thing, man. I, I got that was a, you know, I, hopefully, I, you know, some of these, I don't know, I, hopefully some of these picks come through. I got to win that. I got to win that prize. I got to bounce back. You know, I got to show myself. I'm usually good in the postseason, but, you know, this has been a really tough postseason to pick. You yeah. know, uh, I didn't, we didn't even do overall champions. I mean, I don't even remember what I picked at the beginning of the season. Did we do that? Yeah, we did. What we did we I picked mean? overall champions. I just remember I picked Barlow. I don't remember who I picked in all these. Um, yeah. So I have to actually go back and look at that. You know, unfortunately, I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, so I mean, I think Ansoni was the one I picked here. To be honest with you. Well, you should definitely listen back and write them down so we have them for next week. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll check that out next week. Or you can listen and mock me. But uh, thanks, Pete. That's the PDP Pick a Podcast. This has been the Meat Grinder. Uh, Woo! Where are we? Are one? Not even. We are just a little over a week away. Uh, from the end of the season, we got semifinals 1230 at a home site near you on Sunday. That's Sunday, 1230. It should be a great day of football. And uh, on to the championships, we will go. Rensselaer or CCSU, we'll find out that on what? On Monday, right? Well, not Monday, the day after the, final, the, the semis, right? Or, yep. the, or, or do they do? Oh, they won't announce that before the. Luncheon. Luncheon. And the luncheon's on Tuesday. And We're going to have a lot of coverage. A lot, lot of coverage. Lot Stay tuned. Do. Go to GameTimeCT.com. Go to your little bookmark button. Put it right there at the top. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. You know, whatever. All that stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get out of here. Pete, thanks very much for him. I'm me. We'll see you next week. Love you all. <laughs>